0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. Thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. So it's Friday, but the Bills play on Monday Night Football, and so we're not going to do our typical Friday podcast today. I'm going to give you that typical Friday podcast on Monday, where we'll talk to banged up Bills about the injuries, I'll give you my predictions for the game, and I'll share any leftover thoughts. Now, we will do the NFL Draft Prospects to Watch on Saturday today, so that will be the normal staple on Friday that is going to happen again today, but... Otherwise, I'm just going to talk about some different things here on the podcast. I want to get into Teron Johnson and his contract extension. We have not had an opportunity to discuss that yet. I want to get into Tremaine Edmonds a little bit. I want to hand out some first quarter of the season awards. And of course, then do our NFL draft prospects to watch with an eye towards the Bills on Saturday. And so that's what you have to look forward to today. So let's get started. And we'll begin with... Taron Johnson's contract extension. And so in the last week, the Bills agreed to a three-year, $24 million contract extension with Taron Johnson. $14 million of that is guaranteed. Teron Johnson is 25 years old, and he's now locked up through his age 28 season. And so three years, $24 million slot cornerback, the first thing that I did was ask myself, how does this contract extension measure up with comparable players, high-level slot corners in the NFL? What are they getting paid, and how does that compare to Teron Johnson? And the two names that I found that I thought were good comparisons are Mike Hilton and Kenny Moore. Now, Mike Hilton was recently signed to the Cincinnati Bengals this past offseason was an outstanding slot corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he signed four years, $24 million, with $6 million guaranteed. Now, he is 27 years old, and that contract carries him through his age 30 season. And so I'm guessing that's why you see the gap in pay when it comes to guaranteed money and average annual value. I mean, Taron Johnson is getting $24 million across three years with $14 guaranteed, Hilton gets four years, $24 million, with $6 million guaranteed. So I'm thinking that the reason Taron Johnson came in more expensive than Mike Hilton has to do with him being 25 when he signed his deal. The other player, like I mentioned, is Kenny Moore of the Indianapolis Colts. He signed a four-year, $33 million deal that has $9 million guaranteed. He signed that when he turned 25, and he's locked up through his age 28 season. So Taron Johnson falls right in there with the highest paid slot corners in the NFL. And so obviously his 2021 season is off to a terrific start. I mean, you can make a strong case that Teron Johnson has been the Bills' defensive MVP. Now, there's a bunch of other players that fit into that conversation as well, and that's what we'll talk about in the next segment. But he's obviously off to a great start. And... His career got off to a great start. He had an outstanding rookie season up until he got injured late in the season, battled some injuries the following year, and then ever since he came back from being benched in 2019, he's played at a high level. And so I think when you look at the entire body of work and consider the trajectory that he's on... It makes a lot of sense why the Bills committed the money that they have to Taron Johnson. I mean, ever since he came back from being benched last year, Johnson has played at a high level. And sometimes things like that are necessary for players. You identify them as turning points in their career. And I think we can definitely point back to that moment in 2020 and look at how Taron Johnson has played since and mostly how he played before that and understand what Taron Johnson is capable of in the NFL. He's a core piece of the roster. And I absolutely love that the Bills are normalizing paying your slot corner. And the Bills invest a lot into the slot corner position. I mean, to my understanding, they're the only team in the NFL that has a specific coach for the nickel position. And so when you have a specific coach for the position, and you're willing to pay them like they're starters, to me, that signals an understanding of smart roster construction and what's important in today's NFL. You still see a resistance across the NFL to value nickel defenders. If you label an NFL draft prospect at corner a slot only, they're not even a thought until day three of the draft. But they matter so much. I mean, for the Bills, they're a base nickel defense. So far this season in the four games that Taron Johnson has played, in week one he played 100% of the snaps. Week two he played 81% of the snaps. Week three he played 100% of the snaps. And then against Kansas City he played 99% of the snaps. So, yeah, it's a sub-package player, if you will, but they're on the field for every snap. So I love that the Bills have normalized paying slot corners and valuing and treating the position like it's a starting position because it is. And so they've clearly identified Taron Johnson as their prototypical nickel defender, the guy that they want in this role. And I think that's important to consider when we talk about his valuation. The Bills have specific criteria that they value in the roles on the team. And for the slot corner position, obviously, Taron Johnson embodies what they're looking for. And so his value to the team is very, very high. The Bills want to identify what they want in a player, in a role, and go from there. And I think they found the guy they like in the nickel in Taron Johnson. I think the moment for me that I realized just how important Taron Johnson was to the Buffalo Bills was the playoff loss to the Houston Texans, where he wasn't able to go in that game, and I felt like the Bills' defense really missed him, and I'd go as far as to say that if Taron Johnson plays in that game, they probably win, so he's a valuable player to the team. He's young, he's a draft pick, and the Bills rewarded him by making him one of the highest paid slot corners in the NFL. Now, like I mentioned, he is a draft pick, and when we look back at that 2018 draft that he was part of, Brandon Bean's first draft as general manager of the Buffalo Bills, look at this collection of players. Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, Harrison Phillips, Taron Johnson, Saran Neal, Wyatt Teller, Ray-Ray McLeod, Austin Prohl. I mean, throw away Austin Pro, pick 255. And those other seven picks, to me, were all hits. Franchise quarterback, a Pro Bowl linebacker that means a ton to your defense in Tremaine Edmonds, a quality rotational defensive lineman in Harrison Phillips, one of the best slot corners in the league in Taron Johnson, One of the best special teamers in the league in Saran Neal. One of the best guards in the league in Wyatt Teller. Now, granted, that's for a different team. And Ray-Ray McLeod, who has carved out a role for the Pittsburgh Steelers as their return guy, and they've signed him to a contract extension. I mean, this is an unbelievable collection of picks. And fortunately for the Bills, they've already been able to extend Taron Johnson and Josh Allen and I'm thinking it's probably not too far in the future to where we see an extension for Tremaine Edmonds and potentially even Saran Neal, given his value on special teams. Which leads me to my next talking point, Tremaine Edmonds. And I feel like there's so many wide-ranging opinions on Tremaine Edmonds and his role on the team and, you know, if he's the guy at linebacker. Now, as a fan base, I can understand asking those questions. But my perception of the way the team values Tremaine Edmonds is that there's no doubt in the mind of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean that Tremaine Edmonds is their guy at linebacker. There's no doubt in my mind. Listen to the way they talk about him. Do you remember a couple weeks ago, you saw the the post-game locker room speech by Sean McDermott and Tremaine really didn't even play in the second half. He probably wasn't based on the eyeball test, the player that you felt was the best defensive player in the game. But Sean McDermott gave Tremaine Edmonds the game ball after the game, and he was asked about that in a press conference, you know, why did he give it to Tremaine Edmonds, and Sean McDermott said, he's the leader of our defense. He said he's the leader of our defense. They love him. I fully expect a contract extension for Tremaine Edmonds. And I'm fully aware that there is criticism regarding Tremaine Edmonds and there's some perception out there that he doesn't play physical and he doesn't get off blocks and he doesn't diagnose the run quick enough and sometimes he gets beaten coverage. I would challenge you to watch the tape. I would challenge you to watch the tape and see how this guy impacts football games. And I'll be honest, I think the best thing that he does is play coverage. And you're seeing the Bills play a lot more split safety looks, a lot of cover two, And that puts a lot of stress on Tremaine Edmonds to be that deep middle defender and cover ground and cap routes. And he was masterful against Kansas City. I know that wasn't true in the AFC Championship game, but this time around, he was exceptional. Not only carrying Travis Kelsey down the seam on multiple occasions 1v1, but also how he read the backfield and moved into throwing lanes and took away throws. And not only does he do that, but he's 6'5", 250 pounds with 35-inch arms. Quarterbacks trying to slot the football when they're targeting near Tremaine Edmonds, that's a lot to account for. I mean, fitting the football around and over him is difficult. He changes the way opposing quarterbacks Choose to look at the Bills' defense. And you see the speed. You see the sideline-to-sideline range. He's been a better run defender this year. So to me, if you consider the entire sample size of Tremaine Edmonds in the NFL, he became a day-one starter at linebacker, and I thought he grew incrementally throughout the course of the season, got better and better. I thought he was really, really good in year two. I mean, I was all in on Tremaine in year two. Took a step back in year three, but come on, I don't have to remind you that Star Tulele didn't play, and Ed Oliver and Quentin Jefferson are playing one tech. And you had injuries to Matt Milano. You had injuries throughout your defense. You didn't have the defensive line rotation. Tremaine himself was injured for the first time in his football career. It played through it. So should we be surprised that he wasn't as effective as he can be last year, look at the way he's playing this year. He has been absolutely tremendous. And so, as we consider the possibility of a Tremaine Edmonds contract extension, I would expect it to happen, and I hope that Bills Mafia can get rid of some of the biases and thoughts that they have about Tremaine Edmonds And watch the tape with an understanding of what linebackers are tasked with doing and see how impressive he is and how much he impacts the game. Because this guy has been the middle linebacker, the quarterback of outstanding NFL defenses. Number three in 2018, number two in 2019, number 14 last year. In this this down year for the Bills defense, they were still 14th. And my goodness, they're number one this year and pacing to have one of the historically great defenses in the history of the NFL, all with Tremaine Edmonds as the leader, captain, and middle linebacker of the defense. Football is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron with teams on the field to start another season. As always, Bet Online is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and bet online is where the game starts. The next thing I want to get into today is handing out some first quarter of the season awards for the Buffalo Bills. And it's now a 17-game schedule instead of a 16-game schedule, so the quarters aren't necessarily what they were in the past, right? You had 16 games, divided by four, you get four sets of four. Nice clean math. Now, 17 games, it's all weird. So I think the best way to do it is you take the first five And then the next four, the next four, and the next four. That's the best way to do it. So with the first five now behind us, I think we can reflect on that chunk of the season or quarter of the season, if you will, and hand out some hardware. So I'm going to pick the offensive MVP, the defensive MVP, the biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, most improve, and top newcomer. So let's start with offensive MVP, and my pick is Josh Allen. And after a slow start right against Pittsburgh and Miami, the guy has really turned it on and reminded us of the player we watched last year. Outstanding against Kansas City, Houston, and Washington. He's back on track, and he's right there in the MVP race. I think right now the betting odds have Josh Allen leading the way with the best odds to be the NFL MVP. And the Bills have had strong contributions from other players offensively, but it's about 17, and he's the offensive MVP through the first quarter of the season in my mind. The defensive MVP, I'll tell you what, this one, pretty tough. Because honestly, everybody's having a good year. There's nobody right now, minus maybe Vernon Butler, that I have any level of disappointment in. They're all playing extremely well. So I think there's a case to be made for Taron Johnson, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Micah Hyde, Greg Rousseau. I mean, they're all right there in the conversation. I think you can legitimately make a case for any of those players that I just mentioned. So in order for me to make this pick, I had to find reasons to eliminate players. And so the first thing that I did is if you missed the game, you're out. So Milano... Taron Johnson, you are not eligible for this award, which leaves us with Rousseau, Hyde, and Edmonds. Now, Greg Rousseau had some really, really outstanding games. There were a few times this year where he was a little quiet, and so we'll cross him off the list. That brings us to Tremaine Edmonds and Micah Hyde. You just heard me rave about Tremaine Edmonds, and rightfully so. I think he deserved everything that I just said. But I'm going with Micah Hyde. And the reason is three interceptions. A defensive touchdown, which I think it was absolutely critical for the Bills beating Kansas City, which was the most meaningful thing that they've done this year, was beat Kansas City. And the Bills' offense went stale in the third quarter against Kansas City. Micah Hyde... His game-changing interception, I think, was critical. So three interceptions, five pass breakups, two tackles for a loss, a sack. I mean, Micah Hyde's been tremendous. He's always tremendous, but teams are foolish enough to throw the football near him in coverage, and he's taken it away. And so, like I said, all five of those players have legitimate claims, and I can honestly talk myself into any one of them. But I'm settling in on Micah Hyde at this point. My biggest surprise, I think it has to be Spencer Brown at right tackle. I mean, the Bills had just signed Darrell Williams to a contract extension. You figured he was going to be the right tackle. And I speculated over the offseason about how they can get Spencer Brown involved because I thought he had something to offer. I didn't think it was going to be as a starting right tackle and performing at a high level right away especially given that he didn't play football last year and really only has two years of experience playing offensive line. But my goodness, has he been an absolute delight at right tackle. He's the best athlete on the team. He's probably the best athlete in terms of size and athleticism in the entire NFL at offensive tackle. I mean, this guy has an incredibly high ceiling, and it didn't take long for him to become a starter for the Bills, so much so that they displaced Darrell Williams, moved him to right guard to get Spencer Brown on the field. I could not be more excited about his future on the team. So I figured eventually Spencer Brown would be a starter, but by week four of his rookie season, I would not have made money if I would have bet that. But he's been a pleasant surprise, and I think the Bills have found a long-term answer and a player that they can enjoy at a discount, right? A third-round rookie for the next couple of seasons. The Bills are going to get really outstanding right tackle play on a rookie deal. And the Bills are going to need that because this roster is becoming more and more expensive. All these, these outstanding draft picks that Brandon Bean has made, they've turned into expensive players. And as you know, the months roll along and another extension gets handed out, It just becomes more expensive to field this team. And so the Bills are going to need to find some of that cheap labor again. And uh, Spencer Brown looks to be a player that can do that for Buffalo. My biggest disappointment, I think this one's pretty clear. It's Cody Ford. You know, I think everyone was hopeful that this would be the year that he put everything together and became a quality starter at guard. Well, that hasn't happened and he's been benched. And I don't think he's getting his job back. I think Darrell Williams will be the right guard. I think John Feliciano is going to be the left guard. And Cody Ford is going to be a backup. And I'm not even sure if he's the first guy off the bench. Ike Bocker's probably the first guy off the bench, to be honest with you. So Cody Ford, you know, a pretty high draft pick, a guy that Brandon Bean traded up for, didn't work out at right tackle, has not worked out at guard, and he's a depth player right now. So to me he's been very clearly the biggest disappointment. I think Vernon Butler has a case. I mean, the Bills could have released Vernon Butler and said they restructured his deal, bring him back, and he's a healthy scratch. Like he does not come anywhere close to providing the value that his contract would suggest. So, he's been incredibly disappointing. But I think we expected him to be a reserve. We expected Cody Ford to be a starter, and he's lost his job. My next one is most improved. It's Dawson Knox, right? It's obviously Dawson Knox. The consistency is there both as a blocker and as a pass catcher. And I'd argue that this started last year, right? You've heard me talk all about the last nine games last year and how the consistency started to come, but he's taken a step this year. And so, considering where Dawson Knox has come and where he's at now, it's pretty obvious to me that he's the most improved player on the roster right now. The last one that I have for you is top newcomer, and it's got to be Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, this guy has been tremendous. Didn't necessarily start great the first two games of the season, I thought he was definitely finding his way, and him and Josh Allen were still getting on the same page, but through five games, 19 catches, 322 yards, four touchdowns, averaging 17 yards per reception, playing inside, playing outside, playing a ton of snaps all together. I mean, he's on pace for 1,000 yards. He's on pace for 1,030 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 61 catches. He has been... Tremendous. And I've already started the conversation about how the Bills are going to need to replace him because he's so important. He fills such a valuable role. And I don't think Gabriel Davis is anything like Emmanuel Sanders. I think Davis is always going to be that number four receiver that has some flashy moments, provides size and ball skills down the field, but they need somebody like Sanders opposite of Diggs. And if Sanders isn't going to come back, which I don't think he's going to, I think this is going to be his last year. The Bills are going to have to find somebody to fill this role and a very important role that's quickly been established, right? I mean, like, this is what we hoped John Brown was going to be last year, but he was hurt. And the Bills said, no, we want Sanders. We're going to let go of John Brown, who's on the practice squad of the Denver Broncos, and they wanted Emmanuel Sanders. And you could see why. And it's not just the way he's performing on the field. You can tell there's a leadership dynamic with Emmanuel Sanders that is absolutely making a difference. And so he's he's by far the top newcomer. I know you can make a good case for Greg Rousseau. I mean, there's been a couple of spots, whether it's defensive MVP, biggest surprise, and top newcomer, where Rousseau would have fit. But I got to go with Emmanuel Sanders here. But I do think it's worth mentioning that Rousseau has – Really played well, and he's made an impact, and his run defense has been tremendous. I just I just went with different people. So <laughs> I think the fact that he is a guy that had a legit claim to three of these superlatives tells you what you need to know about Greg Rousseau and how outstanding he's been so far as a rookie. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, Cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, and salted caramel. And look, maybe you haven't tried Bilt Bars yet or you've tried some but you want to try more flavors. Let me recommend a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones you like. And not only are Bilt Bars the best-tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to builtbar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, let's close out today's podcast by giving you my NFL draft prospects to watch on Saturday with an eye towards the Buffalo Bills. So... Like you should every Saturday, get ready for college football. And at 12 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU, turn on Tulsa in South Florida. And folks, that's not going to be the best game to watch at 12 o'clock. But when you're scouting football players, sometimes you got to watch some games like this because there's NFL talent that you need to be aware of. And that's exactly the case in Tulsa versus South Florida. Tulsa has a player that I've been itching to tell you guys about. It's their left tackle, Tyler Smith, wears number 56, 6'6", 332 pounds. I think he's a guard in the NFL, and so the Bills don't need a left tackle. They need help on the interior offensive line, and I think Tyler Smith is absolutely a player to have on the radar. Let me read from my scouting report on Smith the positives that I wrote down, and I I think you'll like what you hear. This is what I said. His energy jumps off the screen. The dude gets after people and is a tone setter up front. He's explosive into contact and he wants to move people against their will in the run game. Has terrific power when unlocking his hips into contact and accelerating his feet. He's capable of generating notable movement in the run game and he has good movement skills for his size and can get out in space and have success in addition to sliding his feet laterally to stay square in pass protection. His motor is always cranked He features a firm anchor and pass protection, and when his hips are leveraged, rushers aren't going through him. His mean streak is apparent. I mean, this sounds like a Buffalo Bills offensive lineman if there ever was one. 6'6", 332. He's a player that is one of my early draft crushes. And I recently spoke to Eric Galco, who's the executive director of the Shrine Bowl, and he really likes Tyler Smith as well, and his staff likes Tyler Smith, so... Get familiar with him. I think he's going to be a really outstanding NFL offensive lineman. So after you watch Tulsa in South Florida to watch Tyler Smith, turn your TV to CBS, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, Kentucky and Georgia. So a couple of 6-0 and SEC East teams, a critical game. The winner of this game probably goes to the SEC championship game. But the player I want you to watch is Kentucky wide receiver Wondell Robinson. He wears number one. He's 5'11", 185. And so when we talk about guys that could potentially replace Emmanuel Sanders, this guy is somebody the Bills should consider in the draft. Um, He transferred over from Nebraska, and he was a good player at Nebraska. He's really bursting onto the scene at Kentucky, and I think it stems from how they're using him. So, so far in six games this year, he has 37 catches, 527 yards, four touchdowns, and that's great production considering it's a very run-heavy Kentucky offense. I mean, the next closest receiver on the team has 248 receiving yards. Robinson has 527. So when they throw the football, they want to throw it to Rondale Robinson, and he is producing. He has legit four-three speed, and he wins at all levels of the field. His average depth of target so far this year is 12 and a half yards. From the line of scrimmage. Oh, by the way, for his career, he's averaging seven yards after catch per reception. So he's a vertical threat, and he's a threat to make people miss in space and create offense for himself. And so I think he would fit perfectly with what the Bills like at wide receiver, and he's a guy that could play inside and outside. And I think that has really helped him this year. At Nebraska, he was kind of a more of a slot-only type player, only got Outside on about 10%, 11% of his snaps. Now he's playing a little bit more balance in terms of slot and outside. And he he gives you that inside-outside ability with a ton of twitch and speed. And he's just a dangerous playmaker. And so I think he would really fit well with the bills and the spread offense that they like to run. So after you watch Wandale Robinson for Kentucky, turn on ACC Network at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time NC State against Boston College. The attraction here is Boston College left guard Zion Johnson. He's six foot three, 316 pounds. He wears number 77. And Johnson is a fun story. He originally started playing college football at Davidson, and he transferred to Boston College three years ago and very quickly became a starter for them at left guard, and he was outstanding right away. I was really, really excited about what I saw. And then last year, they kicked him out to left tackle, and he played okay at left tackle, but he's better at guard. And in fact, when you go back to 2019 and you go to this year at left guard, he's played over a 1,000 snaps, and he's never given up a sack at guard, only nine pressures in total. I mean, he's a rock-solid pass blocker and he's a physical run blocker that has really good range and mobility. So if you want a guy that can get to the second level, pull into the boundary, he has that mobility and that body control and that coordination to thrive. So you have an outstanding pass blocker that's good on the move, and he's got power in the run game. I really like Zion Johnson. I think he'll be a high-quality NFL starter. So you can sense a theme here. We're talking a lot about interior offensive linemen, We're talking about a lot of interior defensive linemen and wide receivers, and so maybe I'll sprinkle in some other positions as we move along, but I have a strong emphasis on those three spots because I think that's where the Bills are going to need to invest their draft capital in the coming year. Also in this game, this NC State-Boston College game, I know we've already talked about him, but focus on NC State left tackle Ikemaquanu. I think he's a tailor-made Buffalo Bill, a tailor-made Buffalo Bill, so check him out in this game as well. Also, real quick, on who to root for this weekend as you watch NFL football, you know, it's a full Sunday full of NFL football that you can watch and you don't have to worry about the Bills. They play Monday night. So three things that I have written down in terms of what to root for. Number one, Kansas City is playing the Washington football team. Go Washington football team. Uh, That would be important for a number of reasons. Uh, But first of all, you just want to continue to put Kansas City in a hole. Right, I mean, they still to me are the biggest threat to the Bills in the AFC, and so make them fight for a wild card spot. So go Washington Football Team. The other game, the Los Angeles Chargers against the Baltimore Ravens, two teams that are four and one, two teams that are right there in the mix to be the top seed in the AFC. Right, you know, you got the Bills, the Chargers, the Ravens. Those those teams are in the driver's seat right now. To me, it's go Baltimore. Just like I talked about last week when the Chargers and Browns played, I thought it would be better if the Browns won the game because I don't want the Chargers to have home field advantage. I want Justin Herbert and company having to play on the road and getting outside of that luxurious SoFi stadium that they have in Southern California. And I want them to have to go to Buffalo or to Cleveland or to Baltimore or even to Kansas City and see if you could play on the road. I don't want to have to go to their place. I want them coming to the cold if the Bills get matched up with the Chargers. So I am about the Chargers losing some football games because I think that's best for the Bills. And then lastly, it's very obvious, Cardinals play against the Browns. Go Cardinals, as painful as that might be, considering how annoying Arizona has been since the Hell Murray when they think they won the Super Bowl in Week 11, but they finished, you know, one in five, their last six games of the season, and missed the playoffs. The Bills won every game after that until the AFC championship game. So, as hard as it is to root for the Cardinals, it would be best if they did beat Cleveland on, uh, on Sunday, you know, as we consider the, uh, the AFC playoff standings and our hopes that the AFC runs through Buffalo. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. We might have a Saturday podcast this week. I'm not entirely sure. I need to see if everything's going to work out. Um, I'm planning on it, but I don't want to commit to it unless it's absolutely going to happen. So there is a chance. There is a Lord willing, hundred percent chance that I'll be back for you again on Monday, where I'll give you my predictions for Monday night football. We'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of banged up bills, and I'll give any other leftover thoughts that I have regarding the game. So Plenty of Bill's discussion coming your way on this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Hope you have a great day, and I look forward to catching up with you again next time.